with a grateful heart. And as our Lord leaves the upper room, he sang a hymn. It's the only time in all the Gospels recorded of our Lord singing. St. Augustine says, only the lover sings. The Lord sang because he was in love, in love with us, in love with our souls. He had just instituted the, the sacrament of love. And now, and now he's on his way to his agony, to his passion. We must make the effort to make ourselves present in this moment with Him, to put aside all of our distractions, there is nothing more important in this moment than Him. He crosses the stream in the, Sed the Sedran Valley. There's a torrent, a stream that flowed that was called the dark, the dark stream. The dirty waters flowed there. They said it would have been blood mixed with water probably that flowed from the temple sacrifices that would have flowed through that valley where our Lord crossed. There's a song that says he will drink from the stream from the torrent and therefore he shall lift up his head Our Lord was going to drink from the stream, from the torrent of the dirty, mucky waters of our sins, of our misery. He, being innocent, was going to take upon himself the bitterness of the wages of the sin of all the world upon himself to drink the bitter cup. And therefore he would raise up his head, he would rise again after having drank the bitter chalice to the last drop. And he took with him into the depths of the garden Peter, James, and John. The apostles who had witnessed his transfiguration, those who had seen him shining forth in his glory more than a man, would witness him as less than a man, like a worm 
rising upon the ground. The depth of his humility, his humiliation, they would be witnesses. The same three who had witnessed his glory would witness the path that he chose to attain and enter into his glory. The way of the cross, the way of suffering. And he told them, watch and pray. Stay with me and watch. A simple request. He didn't ask for much. Stay awake with me. Watch with me. He's asking us the same right now. Stay with me. Watch with me. Accompany me. And we can watch our Lord fall to his knees. God himself falling to his knees. And falling prostrate on the ground with his face to the ground. A posture of total submission, but a submission out of love. A posture of humility. How often we take the most comfortable posture at prayer. And there is our Lord on his knees, on his face. God himself. He emptied himself out of love. And he prays from the very depths of his human heart. Abba, my father, daddy. The expression of the most intimate relationship of trust, of confidence, flows from the depths of his heart. shows the certainty of the goodness of his Father, even in the most difficult moment, when he knows all the suffering that awaits him, he uses an expression of total trust, Father, my Father. If it is possible, let this chalice pass from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. This chalice, this chalice full of the bitterness, the bitterness of our lukewarmness, the bitterness of our indifference, the bitterness of our ingratitude, 
If it is possible, let this chalice pass from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And he teaches us the perfect way to pray when we have to face our trials, our difficulties, our crosses. Not my will, but yours be done. Thy will be done. And we witness the passion of his heart, the anguish, the sorrow that fills his heart, that he revealed by saying, my soul is sorrowful, even unto death. My soul is sorrowful. And you can ask him in your time of prayer in silence, why are you sorrowful? What is the cause of your sorrow? Am I the cause of your sorrow? We, can, we should always implore His mercy when we remember His sorrow for the sake of His sorrowful passion. Have mercy, have mercy on us and on the whole world. It is a sorrow that crushes As he feels the weight of our guilt, of our sins, he who is innocence himself. And this causes his anguish, an anguish so great, so deep, that it makes him sweat blood. The same thing that happened to the gladiators as they faced a situation of life or death. The same phenomenon that happened to many people that were sent to extermination camps. A sweat of blood. Showing the extreme anguish that he carries in his heart. And we can contemplate that first drop of blood, the first drop of blood of his passion that forms as if it was sweat and falls to the ground. That one drop would have been enough it would have been enough to save all of us, to save the whole world, to wash all the sins of the world. That one drop would have been enough because it is the blood of God 
It has an infinite price. And it would have been enough for God, but it wasn't enough for us. Because even when He's going to shed every last drop of His blood, how cold we are, how indifferent we are, how ungrateful we are, and how would we be if He had shed just one drop of blood? And that drop and many other drops fall to the ground. Will his blood be shed in vain for your soul? It is enough to save you, but you have to let him save you. He had just pronounced the words, This is the chalice of my blood. The blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he already begins to shed that blood. The blood that was contained in the chalice in his hands at the Last Supper begins to be poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And after praying, the Lord finds that those three apostles who we had asked to watch to pray, to accompany him, to stay awake, had fallen asleep. They made themselves comfortable. They found a comfortable place. The easiest thing to do is to fall asleep. It's easy to... Because then... They wouldn't have to worry. They could forget all the things that were going on. The blissful forgetfulness of sleep. They could forget all their worries. So while Jesus prays, the apostles sleep. And our Lord tells them to get up, rise, see my betrayer is at hand, let us get going, and he goes towards the one who would betray him. He does not run away, he does not hide. He shows that he will lay down his life willingly because he wants to.
And when he finds the group that come to search for him, he asks, whom do you seek? Who are you looking for? And they respond, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am the name of God. And when he says the divine name, those who came to, to seize him fall powerless to the ground. He shows his divinity once more. They cannot touch him. They cannot do anything unless he gives his permission. And Judas comes forward. Our Lord calls him in this moment friend friend our Lord shows that for his side on his part the friendship had never been broken Judas had broken his friendship but our Lord still considered him to be a friend And that is always the case when we sin, our Lord still calls us friend. Even though we declare enmity with him, selling him cheaply. Only a friend can betray a friend. And Judas gives him a kiss. An exterior sign of closeness, of friendship. But within his kiss, there was a dagger that went into our Lord's heart. And so, so many do the same when they receive our Lord and Holy Communion in mortal sin, giving him the kiss of Judas while stabbing him in the heart. And they come forward to seize him, to bind him. He who gives freedom is bound, but bound because he lets them. 
and all of his apostles flee. They run away. Cowardice, fear dominates them. Betrayal, denial, cowardice, fear was what he received from the ones he had chosen to be his closest friends. And so many times history is repeated. Betrayal, denial, cowardice, fear. Save your own skin. And our Lord is looking at us right now. He says, I looked for pity, but there was none, and for consolers, but I found none. We should ask our Lord for the grace this evening, each one of us, to be a consoler, to be his consolation in the midst of his bitter agony, to console him by watching and praying, accompanying him with a grateful heart. <laughs> 